This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel Host, coming to you from the ARN Studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Monday, the 10th day of July, 2023. This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts. You will find something worth listening to. Good to have you with us. It is Monday. I'm back from... Not a full week off, but most of a week off. And uh, we're uh, looking at the fact that uh, my allergies are getting better, (laughs) starting to abate as uh, spring is swinging into summer. Pollen count starting to drop finally. So that's that's a good thing. Um, So I'm looking forward to... uh, not being as sniffly as I have been for the last couple of weeks. Enjoyed my uh, time off last week. Uh, it was nice. I know I had just been gone for two weeks for camp um, at the beginning of, of June, but that was not exactly rest. <laughs> that was some pretty busy days for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, you go to sleep after the campers, you get up before the campers, and you have a lot of things to do when the campers are busy doing other things. So, hmm. No, coffee this morning, get things going. But it's good to be back with you. Um, I missed being here uh, even as I was enjoying relaxing. Mrs. Squirrel and I got to spend a couple of days at Fairmont Hot Springs and uh, went over and went through the Museum of the Rockies, which is always a favorite thing uh you know the the dinosaur bones are always fun um even though i reject the uh millions of years story that they peddle um yeah the you know let's just be honest the vast majority of the fossil record is the record of the flood of noah's day um and, you know, as Ken Ham says, billions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the earth. That would be the evidence of a global flood. And sure enough, what do we find everywhere? Billions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the earth. And uh, so I'd point you to Answers in Genesis for some excellent uh, 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 biblical interpretations of, of the fossil record. Answers in Genesis, ICR, these are, uh, that's the Institute for Creation Research. These are great organizations. Um, the late Henry Morris at ICR. Um, there's lots of good information out there. You just have to seek it out. Um, there, there is no reason to accept millions of years. Uh, 
The earth is thousands of years old. It was created directly by God in six ordinary days. He rested on the seventh day. It's all historical. Um, and that's, that's where I stand, and I stand firmly on it. I believe in a recent six-day creation. All right. Recent is in thousands of years. Not recent as in last Tuesday. Um, so recent is a relative term. But much more recent than the millions and millions of years that are espoused by the secular society. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, during our Monday meanderings, which it is Monday. So we got Monday meanderings coming up. But before that, we have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. And we have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. So after another sip of coffee, we will get started. Hope you got some coffee with you this morning, if you are a coffee drinker. If you are not a coffee drinker, Chris Honholtz, what's wrong with you? All right. Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer is where we begin. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Our devotional today is entitled, Jesus and the Permanence of Scripture. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Matthew 5.18 Jesus' teachings are not only unqualified, unqualifiedly authoritative, truly I say to you, they are permanent. He implicitly equated his words of instruction with God's eternal word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Matthew 24, 35. As such, Jesus' words are on par with the Old Testament and are timeless. In view of that reality, how foolish of us ever to wonder about the relevancy of God's word for us. The Bible is God's eternal word, and even though completed nearly two millennia ago, it has much to say to us today. Scripture is, and always has been, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. Jesus reveals that the permanence of God's word extends to the smallest letters and the smallest parts of printed letters. Neither will be erased or modified. No other statement by the Lord more clearly states his absolute confidence in the enduring nature and inerrant quality of the Bible. It is God's own spirit-inspired word, 
down to every single word, letter, and part of letter. Ask yourself, not necessarily by time percentages, to what extent does the word factor into your usual day? When and why do you turn to its wisdom and instruction? What have you found to be the best ways to keep the scripture alive and active within you? Good word from Dr. MacArthur this morning. And now on to some Monday meanderings. Oh, it's an eventful world. And there's looking at at recent events and stuff and wondering what I was going to talk about today. I had had some notes on, on the desire of one liberal college professor to have artificial intelligence rewrite the Bible. Uh, the, the, we might talk about that in a future episode, um, but uh, it, it doesn't sound like any sort of program that anybody's pushing. It sounds more like he was just speculating in some article that he published, but uh, speech he gave. Um, and futurists have said silly sorts of things like that. For a long time, but we may we may do a Monday meandering on AI, and all of the stuff that AI is, you know, the pros and cons of artificial intelligence. Um, I grew up watching, you know, Terminator and 2001: A Space Odyssey and Westworld, the original with Ewell Brenner. So I, I have a. Uh, healthy respect for the issues that could be, uh, you know, (laughs) the AIs taking over and wiping out humanity sort of things that uh, science fiction writers have been speculating for about for a long time. That's something worth thinking about. And as I said, that might be a future episode of, of Monday Meanderings. But something caught my eye this weekend that, uh, not in a good sense. Apparently, Miss Netherlands 2023 is a 22-year-old guy who goes by the name Ricky Valerie Cole or Cola. So, a Miss Netherlands is now a dude. Now, even as an imitation um, even as an imitation girl he wasn't very attractive I've seen some quote-unquote transgender guys cross-dressers you know uh, female impersonator people who actually do a credible job of appearing to be pretty women. Um, Very few do. There are a lot more Richard Levines and Leah Thomases out there than than there are, you know, some that make you do a double take and you're trying to figure out. Most of the time when men dress like women, they're obviously men. Um, And, uh, but I've seen a few that, that do a credible job of imitating femininity. Even as far as that goes, this guy did not make an attractive woman. 
and yet he won Miss Netherlands 2023, beating out real biological women who were actually much more attractive than he was. Um, and so there's, in one way, it was predictable because they gave him the title of Miss Netherlands because he's a dude. It, it really was a, you know, they accuse conservatives of misogyny, yet they are the ones, the, the left are the ones supplanting women with men dressed in skirts, in makeup and fake breasts and all the rest of it. Um, so in one way, it's predictable because, hey, what are you going to do, right? Uh, the, the, the left has to celebrate this. It's, it's now one of their dogmas. Killing unborn babies and dressing men up as women and the sexual mutilation of children is the values of the left right now, um, which is quite sad and does not bode well for our country. Well, sticking with the Netherlands, they're also in the midst of a governmental collapse. Um, the Dutch Prime Minister Mark uh, Root or Mark Rutte, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. I, was, I never did find, I was looking at articles and stuff and I never did find a like a radio report or a, or a TV report where I could hear his name pronounced. And I'm not sure if it's, you know, I would pronounce it as an English speaker as root, but as a, uh, it's R-U-T-T-E. If you give it the, the German pronunciation, it'd be Rutte. But that's, you know, anyway, he leaves office after 13 years, after a major shakeup, his, his party, his coalition party, um, and, and Netherlands has a, a uh, parliamentary system, meaning that the, the party with the greatest number of seats chooses the prime minister. And when you have no party with a pure majority, then you have coalitions put together of several smaller parties who agree to work together and choose a prime minister and run a government. And so we've had this shakeup in the, in the elections over there. And there are two main issues that are causing the problems. The first one is immigration. Um, it's not the first chronologically, but it's the first it's the, the, the problem with the immigration issue is this is causing destabilization among the four parties that the coalition government was made up of that, that this root guy was, was uh, um, prime minister of. He is of the conservative party, and he was anti-immigration, but two of the four parties that made up his coalition were very pro-immigration. And by immigration, we're talking about the widespread immigration of Middle East Muslims into Europe, which we've seen all across Europe. 
Um, and, and in fact, that was part of the, that was one of the big, uh, pushes behind Brexit back in 2016. That was one of the reasons that Britain wanted to get out of the European Union was this unchecked influx of Muslims. Now, the, the thing is that the, the, the immigration issue, um, is the fact that these immigrants don't want to become European. They want Europe to become Muslim. And Islam is an entire geopolitical worldview. We tend to think of religion as, as kind of a neutral thing because of the last 150, 200 years of secularism in Europe, I mean, really since the Enlightenment. But what we've had is a European culture that was for 1,500 plus years heavily influenced by Christian thought. And part of the thing was the fact that, okay, you know, I don't view Roman Catholicism as true Christianity. And honest Roman Catholics don't view Protestants as true Christianity. But we share a worldview. We share a lot of values. We share a lot of the, the concepts of how the world works and how things are supposed to work. And we share that with Jews religious Jews anyway, because they have, you know, been heavily influenced. We, we call it Judeo-Christian culture. And Judeo-Christian culture has greatly shaped European thought for 1,500 years. But it has been abandoned recently. We've had a growing secularism, and the secular mindset has been pretty much that you know, you can be whatever religion you want as long as you, you know, vote the way we want you to vote and, you know, keep your keep your religion private to yourself. Don't don't make it a public thing. Well, the trouble is that a lot of people have viewed Islam because so many people in Western culture are nominally Christian, nominally religious meaning that they espouse a religious viewpoint. They say they're Christian. They say they're Jew. They say they're Buddhist or whatever. Um, thinking of certain Hollywood people who have decided Buddhism is where they want to be. But they're coming at it from a Western Christian-shaped worldview. Um and it's all just like feel good spiritual stuff and so they 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 have this nominal view of religion but it doesn't affect their daily lives because they don't really believe it in their hearts it's just kind of a label that they've hung on themselves i mean look at all the liberal churches you know i mean if you believe the bible you wouldn't go anywhere near a united methodist church um, I'm saying there might be rare exceptions that are actually, you know, still holding to the Bible, 
on the local church level, but the denomination certainly isn't. So, you know, we have this this secular nominal religiosity and so many in Europe especially and and western culture generally in Europe especially expected the muslim immigrants to be the same see when we go back and look at um immigration in america up until recent times most of the immigrants who came to america came from europe and so you had an english culture in north america because of the english colonies that became the united states and the english colonies that became canada you had this english culture in north america protestant um puritan in many ways or you know influenced by puritans and the immigrants coming from ireland and italy especially when you look at the the um, the great migrations of the 1800s, early 1900s, you know, the, a great deal of Irish and Italian immigrants, Roman Catholics, coming over. And there was a lot of concern about having this influx of Roman Catholics into a Protestant country, but there was less trouble assimilating to American culture because they were coming from the same Judeo-Christian worldview. Islam is not the same Judeo-Christian worldview. And so the, the Muslims who are moving into Europe want Europe to become Muslim. And they are coming in with a hostility, built-in hostility to the Judeo-Christian worldview. And so this is causing problems all over Europe. We've seen recent, the, the, the riots in France um, have a huge cultural basis on behind them. Um, you know, it's not race. Race is a, uh, race is a fiction developed from uh, evolutionary worldview. So it's not racial, it's cultural. And the fact is that the, the, the Muslims come from a different worldview. They don't think the same way that Westerners do because of the culture that they come from, which is rooted in and shaped by Islam, which is not a Judeo-Christian religion. Um, it's a. It was you know Muhammad was heavily influenced by what he thought Judeo-Christian belief was, but he you know reading his writings and reading the Quran, it's obvious that he did not know what Christians truly taught. Um, the uh, the Quran and Muslim thought believes that the Trinity is God the Father, the Virgin Mary, and Jesus. 
They don't understand the Trinity. They don't understand the eternality of it. Um, they, they have some very weird ideas. Because Muhammad was illiterate. And he did not understand Christianity. He had, you know, ideas that were wrong. And he adapted those ideas that were wrong into Islam. But the, the culture of Islam is not at all related to the Judeo-Christian worldview. So you have, you know, these two worldviews are clashing because of a, an unrestricted immigration in Europe. So like, riots in Germany, riots in France um, nowadays, and, and there have been, you know, I mean, just recently, within the last couple of months, um, I'm not sure France has settled down yet. Um, but so we're looking at these things. There were, just, there were 23 police officers injured in riots in Germany over the weekend that had to do with a Eritrean cultural festival. Um, and it was actually two different groups of Eritreans that were fighting each other. Um, and, and that, so it's like, as, as, uh, one German official that I read this weekend said that, you know, th these third world disputes are spilling over into Europe. Um, so immigration is an issue and it's, it's, uh, the, the unchecked immigration and the vast numbers of, Muslim, especially immigrants, because we're not talking about people with the same worldview moving back and forth. We're not talking about people who desire to assimilate and become Americans or become Europeans. In this case, they don't want to do that. They want to. Inf they want to take Europe to the Middle East. That's their. That's their desire and goal. They want to see Sharia law and and a Muslim culture supplant the Judeo-Christian European culture. And so we're seeing that. The other issue is climate change, which is the biggest hoax that's been perpetuated in years. Um, as I'm old enough to remember the 70s when we were all worried about the, the coming Ice Age <laughs> that was going to uh, devastate the Western world or the planet, you know, the new ice age was coming. And then in the 80s, it shifted to global warming. And now they just call it climate change because they can't determine if it's getting warmer or colder or whatnot. Um, because all the evidence, you know, all of this is based on computer models and computer predictions. Yet the evidence, the actual go out and take measurements doesn't support either a coming ice age or global warming. So they just call it climate change and tell us it's the biggest threat to civilization we've ever faced. Yet it isn't, and it, it's kind of silly. But because of the climate change, the there has been, because of this, this net zero, getting down to, to zero emissions, meaning zero carbon dioxide emissions 
etc. This push um, from the Paris Climate Accords, which thankfully Donald Trump got the United States out of, um, although the Biden administration would love nothing better than to, to reinstate those with the Republican Senate, that's probably not going to happen. And, and please get Biden out of office in 2024. Um, I'm, I'm an anybody but Biden guy. Um, within reason. I mean, I don't want John Tester or Kamala Harris or anybody else in there either. I'd like to see a conservative government. And right now, my, my preference would be Ron DeSantis. But if Donald Trump gets the nomination and it looks like he will... He's got my vote. <laughs> I, I get get Biden out of there, um, no doubt about it. But you may have noticed over the winter and even last fall these large protests in the Netherlands involving farmers. Um, I believe one farmer in one of these protests was even shot and killed. There have been jackbooted thugs beating up and arresting these farmers who have been driving their tractors in convoys around the governmental offices in The Hague for months. It's very similar to the trucker convoy that uh, happened in France or in uh, Canada. Um, they've been protesting uh, governmental action to reduce carbon dioxide emissions and one of the one of these actions has been you know seize the farms and kill the cows they want to slaughter thousands of cows and not to you know replace them not to you know not because they're going to market they want to reduce the size of the herds because of cow flatulence and its effect on climate, supposed effect on climate. Oh, silly stuff. Very silly stuff. And because of this, in 2019, so that's pretty recent, that's four years ago. In 2019 in the Netherlands, the Farmer Citizen Party was formed. Well, last March, they became the largest party in the Dutch Senate. So this is affecting the government and the government stability. So you have the fact that the coalition government is falling apart. And then you have this farmer citizen party that's on the rise that is protesting government climate change. And you've got some interesting stuff going on in the Netherlands, and it's something to, to keep an eye on in the coming days and weeks because we want to see how this shapes out. Um, praying for sanity. Um, I'm praying that, that God will, in his grace and mercy, allow pushback against these stupid liberal policies that are damaging culture, damaging economies, damaging lives in unspeakable ways. And, and uh, so we're, we're starting to see pushback. 
we're seeing this pushback in in Europe, the Netherlands. It's not limited to the Netherlands. That's just the 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 case study we're looking at. Pushback in Europe against these leftist governments that have been pushing this climate change agenda. We're seeing pushback, and the pushback is being effective. One of the things that the the Dutch uh, Farmer Citizen Party said after winning the election was the fact that this is ordinary voters who had been staying home during elections are finally coming out and voting against this stuff. I was listening to an interview with Charlie Kirk of uh, oh, what's it? Turning Point USA is his organization. Um, I was listening to an interview with him over the weekend and one of the things that he said was he was talking about American politics and he was saying that America generally politically is center right. And as the left keeps pushing their agenda, the American citizens are waking up to the fact that this is not what they voted for. This is not what they wanted. Um, I mean, gosh, I think it's, you know, less than 35% of American citizens think Biden's doing a good job with the economy, um, which is very telling for next year's election. Trust me. And it's got Democrats panicked. They're behind the scenes. You've got Democrats. They're, they're looking at alternatives. They're looking at trying to force Biden out and get somebody else in there. The only trouble is they don't know who because they don't want Kennedy in there um, because while he is a Democrat and he's not exactly a conservative, he is definitely not in the camp that the uh, uh, Democrat Party majority party leadership is in right now. But it it's going to be an interesting election cycle. Um, in one sense, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. In the other sense, I'm tired of the whole thing. Um, that's probably the same way that most of you are looking at this stuff. Um, but what we've seen in all of this, the underlying, both the underlying cause and the underlying result, is this loss of the culturally Christian worldview as it's, you know, pushed by secularism and then on the one hand and then unchecked Muslim immigration in Europe on the other hand. Um, we haven't had the same levels of, of Muslim immigration in the United States, although look at communities like Dearborn, Michigan, um, basically taken over by Islamic groups um, based on the immigration status, and there have been issues um, as they are trying to impose a totally separate culture in a community in the United States. Um, that's not going to be, you know, and left unchecked, it will not end well. We'll just put it that way. Left unchecked, it will not end well. So keep an eye on this. It's only going to 
get more unstable in the coming future days. Um, definitely something worth worth keeping an eye on. All right, well, that is our Monday meandering today. Let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the collect for the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. Grant us, O Lord, we pray, the Spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who can do no good thing apart from you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Now the colic for the renewal of life. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the colic for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Monday. Uh, have the best of weeks ahead. I plan on being here every day this week <laughs> after uh, uh, unsettled June and first part of July. Um, but I think we're, we're back on schedule now, and uh, things are going going well. So, um, good to be back. Looking forward to being with you this week. We've got our study Bible level, Bible study of Deuteronomy tomorrow and Wednesday. Then we've got Theology Thursday on Thursday and Federalist Friday on Friday to end the week. So that's our plan coming up. Uh, and uh, God willing, we'll stick to it. So, have a great day. Remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. See you again here tomorrow. Another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster. 